we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the May 10th edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's begin with boxing. Former world champion Floyd Mayweather has stopped in Nigeria ahead of an exhibition fight Saturday in the United Arab Emirates. Timothy Obiezu reports from Abuja, Nigeria. Floyd Mayweather arrived in Nigeria's capital Sunday evening and met with organizers of this week's exhibition match in Dubai, as well as boxing fans and journalists. He held a news conference alongside his opponent in his upcoming match, boxer Don Moore. Mayweather said the visit to Nigeria was part of plans to promote the sport of boxing in Africa. It's all about giving back. You know, um, we're working on Mayweather Boxing Fitness Gyms in Nigeria. It's all about giving back. We want to also build boxing camps for the, for the young youth and the young children coming up. We're going to continue to work together and continue to build this country, work together, and hopefully someday we can find the next Floyd Mayweather from Nigeria. Boxing in Nigeria has long been overshadowed by the rise in popularity of sports like football. Public boxing gyms are underfunded and poorly equipped. Nigeria's boxing champion Olariwa Judurodola says authorities need to step in and that Mayweather's visit could spur a positive change in Africa. The situation in Africa here is that there is not too much of promoter here. We have a lot of talented boxers. As you can see, if you came to Nigeria, we have a big gym, you know, set all, this, all the tools that we need. I think the Nigeria boxing will be very great. Mayweather's match Saturday will take place at Dubai's Burj Al Arab Hotel. Mayweather, who won 50 out of 50 matches during his career, has also visited South Africa, Morocco and Egypt. Timothy Obiezu for VOA News, Abuja, Nigeria. Thanks, Timothy. The bout in Dubai will be 45-year-old Floyd Mayweather's third exhibition since 2018. The energetic Andy Edwards caught up with a Uganda-born athlete, Deo Kato, whose Running for Justice campaign has been recognized with an award by London Marathon organizers. Here's Andy. Uh, the setting of uh, West London, sitting outside a cafe and looking up at jets going along the sky and a little refreshing breeze on an early summer's afternoon, may not seem to be uh, the place where you normally meet um, an ultra runner, but I have, uh, by arrangement, Deo Kato, originally from Uganda, but uh, has been in, in, in Britain since the age of 10 and uh, was one of the award winners. Uh, given by London Marathon. So Deo is one of the winners of the Spirit of London Marathon 2021. And uh, I think he's he started himself a very interesting project about running for justice. Um, but first of all, uh, Deo, uh, the wording of the award to you um, concentrates on the fact that last year you ran 381 days straight, no breaks, a minimum of 10 kilometres a day. And 
in recognition of that, but it's much more than just saying, well, that's a long streak of running. There's history, um, also connected with Black History Month, which is coming up in October in the UK and other things. So, so you set the picture. Why did you decide to run 381 days without taking a break? What was your motivation? Yes, um, so I decided to run the 381 days simply because of the back of the Black Lives Matter movement that, that's been happening recently, um, of the murder of George Floyd, George Floyd and um, other people uh, like Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Breonna Taylor, and obviously other many other people around the world and ev- even in the UK. Um, it was recently, it was based on the... Um, the history that I received as well as a new person or as an African coming to the UK uh, at a young age Um, and that experience kind of like resonated a lot with me um, with the recent movement of Black Lives Matter so I did some research and uh, went in and found out about the Montgomery bus boycott that happened in 1955 and that lasted for 381 days so I wanted to carry on that history and bring it into the future as those people um, that boycotted the bus company succeeded. And I felt that by doing the 381 day streak, we'll be able to succeed by persistence and carrying on. Now, let's just put that in context more. Um, if I'm right, that original boycott in Montgomery, Alabama in, in 1955, was that the case of a black woman, Rosa Parks, wanting to ride in the front of the bus? Um, but she was told because she was black, she had to ride in the, the back uh, because buses at that time were segregated. And that led to a campaign of, of boycott. And it, it was 381 days until segregation on buses um, in the USA and in Montgomery, Alabama, was ended. Is, is that the, the sort of, that's the key figure? That is the key figure. Um, Rosa Parks was basically wanted to sit at the front of the bus, uh, not having to sit right at the back of the bus where all black people had to, uh, or all people of colour. And uh, she felt that there was no need for her to be segregated, uh, or all other black people to be segregated from other white people. So that was kind of like a catalyst for the movement to go forward. Um, although initially it was only supposed to be for a boycott for one day, um, because the bus company refused to actually um, stop the segregation, they say, you know, the boycott ended up happening for as long as you know the segregation ended, and it could have carried on for a lot longer. But uh, luckily enough, it only lasted for 381 days. Now, now tell us about what you're doing now, because um, I th- if I understand correctly, you're leading what you call a, a running for justice campaign. What do you want to achieve with that? Because this is it's kind of moved on from... You've done the 381 days. London Marathon has recognised that achievement and why you did it. What are you trying to achieve now with the... Well, whether it's the launch or um, the establishment of the, the running for justice and, and linked to uh, schools in Britain? Um, so what I'm trying to achieve now, um, after I did my running street of 10K a day, is that... I believe that racism hasn't ended and it doesn't end by me just finishing off um, 381 days running 10k a day and many other people also feel the same way so people have joined me and they've decided to take on a 
kind of like a slot themselves to do like uh, maybe a month or two weeks or so on to turn into a relay. And people are out there, um, right now somebody's running a whole month um, to run for justice and carry on the running streak. And we're trying to turn this into like the, the longest running protest in history that we can have as a community to carry on the movement. So racism hasn't ended, so we shouldn't just stop just because we feel that we come to a kind of like a, a milestone. And uh, have you made contact with uh, a school or schools in... Well, we're, we're talking in London, so um, whether you, you've been concentrating on the London area or you're going further afield, just just bring us up to date. Yeah, so currently I've, con- con- I've been in contact with a couple of schools, quite a few schools actually, um, mainly aiming towards um, secondary schools or high schools and primary schools for the younger people, so from age, um, age, age five to age 11 years old um, and I believe that you know education needs to start from that point um, teaching young people that about you know the connection with um, with the wider world and how to make sure that you know if you want something you have to persist in it um, although you know sometimes not it shouldn't be that way but if you really truly want something to be able to succeed we need to be able to persist and carry on for as long as possible to be able to succeed in the long run um, so that's kind of like the message I'm taking over um, and just kind of like love everybody and create that kind of peaceful world for the future. And what's your aim when you, you'll, you'll be going into a, a school here, or schools, plural? Um, is it you talking about things? Or are you taking kind of printed material, uh, showing what, what you feel the current situation is? Um, so when I do go in schools, I go with a presentation um, to go in. By, at the moment, I'm going in by myself um, to speak to younger people in the schools. Um, but you know, as we grow and get you know get bigger, I'll be going with the other people, um, maybe the people that are kind of like doing the relay as well, just to be, to show a bit more representation of of all of us. And the message is basically it's about representation matters. Um, if you don't see it, you can't be it. And um, that's of the, the fact that m- as a person who looks like me, um, I haven't seen many people that look like me in, in like, um, places or areas where, for example, like as I'm a trail runner and an ultra runner, I don't see myself there. And there's many other people except for the people that look like me. And um, other areas in terms of like leadership positions, in terms of like uh, entrepreneurs and so on. So we need to have a bit more people that look like us uh, in those positions for us to be able to say we can be there and we can be able to achieve all that stuff. I, I mean, ultra running is a very specialized area, if I, if I say so. I mean, I've run marathons, but I've never run further. Um, so somebody might say, well, the, the pool of people doing ultra running is, is smaller than those who are doing London Marathon um, because if you're doing 50 kilometres, 100 kilometres or more, that's really specialised stuff. Um, could that be a factor why you're saying you don't see many people like yourself in, involved? Um, and, and maybe... Most people just haven't heard of it. 
Yes, actually, a lot of people haven't heard of ultra running. And when I go into schools, when I ask about who knows about ultra running, um, there will probably be like one person that may have come across it. And um, especially when you come, when you live in an inner city like London, um, it's very rare to find people that know about it. Um, but it's out there, and being if you haven't been exposed to it, um, it's very difficult to be able to see it. And of course, marathons are more um, accessible. Um, you get London Marathon throughout the city, which is incredibly great. Um, but also in that, there isn't enough representation for um, people of color and black people themselves. I mean, you get to see it in the in the elite division, but as, once you pass that and you go backwards, you really you don't see as many people, uh, black people. Uh, and those in the elite, usually, <laughs> they're not living in Britain. I mean, that's a, just a, a blunt truth, which, I mean, doesn't... No disrespect to London Marathon or anything. I mean, Elio Kipchoge is a Kenyan, world record holder, Olympic champion, and he lives, well, mostly in, in, in Kenya. Um, so is it... You're looking at the... The mass field of, of runners. I mean, how you, you ran London Marathon last year, 2021. I think that was your your first London Marathon. Um, what was it like being among the mass runners? I mean, what was the the feeling like there? I mean, did you did you encounter any hostility or anything? Um, running London Marathon is actually a very like out of body experience. It was one of the best experiences I've had uh, as a runner and uh, being encouraged on. I ran it with a sign saying Black Lives Still Matter, and I ran with a T-shirt, you know, running for justice and so on, uh, running 10K day every single uh, 381 days. Um, the support was incredible um, throughout the whole, and I, I ran it through the streets which I actually used to live, which was a, even more of a better experience. But I did receive, like, a couple of hostel people being hostile against me or towards me um, and towards the message I was trying to put, I was putting out. Um, but, you know, sometimes that's kind of what tends to stand out a lot more, um, that kind of hostile behaviour. But there was only a few people that did that amongst all the other thousands of people that are actually supporting. So I feel like it was quite a good, a good response. That's Uganda-born athlete Deo Kato. And he was speaking with the energetic Andy Edwards in London. And we'll hear more of Andy's conversation with Deo later this week. I'm VOA's Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game. Daily highlights delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 will resume May 21st 
when the BAL playoffs tip off at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda. I'm looking forward to being in Kigali with my VOA colleague, Eddie Rima, for special coverage of Africa's premier men's basketball league right here on The Voice of America. Eight teams, including defending champion Zamalek of Egypt, will compete for continental supremacy in Kigali. In an interview with Iron Mike Mbonye, the former coach of Egypt's national men's basketball team, Amir Abul Kir, said he's tipping Zamalek to retain its BAL title. Uh, first, I think uh, Zamalek have a very good chance. Uh, to win the champion again for the second time in a row. Uh, he's already the champion for the Nile uh, uh, part, and I think he's close to be there. Uh, Zamalek is a good team with good former players, and I think he will have uh, more players for the, in Rwanda. You watch the games of the Nile Conference of the Basketball Africa League in Cairo. Are there other good teams that you think would do well in Kigali? Yeah, I watch the games in uh, for Nile area. I think uh, uh, Zamalek, Angola team, and Tunisian team, and the Moroccan team, they will be on the top four if they don't uh, meet each other before that. Looking ahead, what kind of changes or innovations should be put in place in the next edition of the Basketball Africa League? Uh, I think uh, uh, for the changes, if uh, we can play it uh, home away, it will be better and more popular than to make it in Rwanda, Senegal, and uh, and Egypt, uh, only three countries. If we can make it home away, uh, it will be more challenge and more motivation for the for 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 all the countries. That's Amir Abulkir, the former coach of Egypt's national men's basketball team. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Cairo, Egypt. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. The Basketball Africa League is a partnership between the International Basketball Federation, FIBA, and the National Basketball Association, the NBA. In NBA playoff action Monday night, the Boston Celtics scored a big road victory against the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks to even their second-round series at two games each. The AP's Chuck Freeman reports from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Celtics have stolen back home court advantage with a 116-108 win over the Bucs. Al Horford continued his amazing postseason run. He had 30 points, 16 of those in the fourth quarter as the Celtics overcame a seven-point Bucs lead. I was just really, you know, just locked in. I understood the moment, you know, what we needed to do as a group and, um, you know, just come out and, and, and really just did, did whatever it, t- it took. Jason Tatum also had 30, including 12 in the decisive fourth quarter. The Celtics used a 10-0 run to tie the game, capped off on a Horford driving dunk. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 34 in the loss for the Bucks. We were able to play great defense for three quarters. 
played pretty much good defense in the fourth quarter, but they were making shots, you know, and um, it was a day to day and you got to tip your head and um, figure out, you know, what you can do better and uh, try to win game five. The series now even at 2-2, shifting the Boston for game five. Chuck Freeman, Milwaukee. Thanks, Chuck. Now let's go to San Francisco, California, where the Golden State Warriors rallied to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. The AP's Ryan Leong reports from San Francisco. Trailing for most of the game until 45 seconds left in the fourth quarter, the Warriors came back to beat the Grizzlies 101-98 to take a commanding three games to one series lead. Golden State closed out Memphis using an 11-2 run. Stephen Curry led all scores with 32 points. Just understand we've been here before. You know, whether we won or lost, the intentions of how we could give ourselves a chance in the fourth quarter was all, you know, all we focused on, and then we got it done. Andrew Wiggins added 17 with 10 rebounds. We didn't shoot the ball well, um, but our defense was okay. You know, our defense was solid. <clears throat> and, you know, as long as we kept the game close, you know, coming down the stretch, you know, Steph made big plays, you know, big plays, and, you know, we fought, we fought for that win. Coach Steve Kerr tested positive for COVID, so Mike Brown was the acting coach. The Grizzlies played without John Moran, who has a knee injury. Jaron Jackson Jr. had 21 points. Steven Adams had 10 points and 15 rebounds. Ryan Leong, San Francisco. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan mentioned Mike Brown as the acting coach of the Warriors after Steve Kerr tested positive for the coronavirus. Brown was hired as head coach of the NBA Sacramento Kings team earlier Monday. He'll start his Sacramento job after the NBA playoffs. Mike Brown also coached the Nigerian men's team at last year's Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. Meanwhile, Monty Williams won the NBA Coach of the Year award after leading the Phoenix Suns to a franchise record 64 wins during the regular season. Coach Williams and the Suns will be back on the court later Tuesday night when they host the Dallas Mavericks in Game 5 of their second-round playoff series, which is tied at two games each. Elsewhere around the NBA, ESPN reports Denver Nuggets center Nikola Jokic has won the League Most Viable Player Award for a second consecutive year. Now, the MVP prize has not been officially announced by the NBA, Jokic would join LeBron James, Stephen Curry, and Giannis Antetokounmpo as the only active players to win back-to-back MVP awards. Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers and Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks were the other MVP finalists. Nikola Jokic led the Nuggets in points, rebounds, assists, blocks and steals yes he was a stat making machine out there in the rocky mountain state of colorado joel Embiid won his first nba scoring title and i was among the basketball followers who thought the big cameroonian star would win his first mvp trophy
In English Premier League football, Aston Villa will host Liverpool Tuesday evening. The second-place Reds of Liverpool are trying to keep pressure on top-of-the-table Manchester City. VOA's Gwen Ooten joins us now with a preview. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. The Premier League title race is not over. That is according to Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp, who spoke to reporters ahead of their Tuesday league game away at Aston Villa. For weeks, Liverpool sat just one point behind leaders Manchester City in league standings. That gap widened to three points last weekend, following Liverpool's 1-1 draw against Tottenham Hotspur and Man City's 5-0 victory over Newcastle United. But Klopp says despite dropping points, the race towards the Premier League trophy is not done and dusted. It's clear that it's not over whatever happened. Yeah, we both have three games to play. And my concern is actually how can we win our games? And then we have, we have absolutely no hand in um, how, how City can will play their games. But before they are played, I think we should not add on points. We don't do that, and I'm pretty sure City's not doing that. So, And as far as not, um, not reachable anymore, why should we stop um, believing? And that's what we do. Klopp admits his players were more disappointed than he was with their weekend draw with Tottenham. But he insists his side will bounce back on Tuesday in their match against Aston Villa. Look, it's, it's very easy. It's very easy to, to describe our situation. And obviously different perspectives. So we can take it exactly like it was and we say just um, be drew day one. Makes it three points and the goal difference changed obviously as well. Or you see like this, that we were six points behind and they lost and we won. And the rest is exactly the same. We would be flying. We we couldn't wait until we could play Aston Villa and try to bring in the next three and all these kind of things. So, and then we tried, I tried to create, (laughs) tried to help the boys to see it like me Um, and we'll invite everybody else as well. Manchester City are the defending Premier League champions and currently at the top spot with three games remaining in the season. But following their latest victory against Newcastle, manager Pep Guardiola stated that he believes everyone in the country, including the media, hopes his side will slip up and hand Liverpool the title. In response to Guardiola's comment, Jurgen Klopp seemed to laugh it off as an offhanded remark in in the heat of the moment. And he added only about one half of the country supports his side, especially when they play away from home. Uh, no, I know. I live in Liverpool, so far. yes, here a lot of people want us to win the league. That's true. But even here, it's all probably only 50%. I, I, look, we are, um, as manager, and I had this experience not only recently, um, after a game, we are obviously. Um, well, how can I say that? It's. Um, so we are massively influenced by the game, by the situation, stuff like this. Tuesday's clash with Aston Villa will be a key match in the Premier League. And Klopp says he will make a late decision on whether Brazilian forward Roberto Firmino, whose foot injury has caused him to miss the last six games across all competitions, will return to the pitch. Yeah, it's a challenge, to be honest. Um, but uh, very often, my decision, the decisions get easier with um, 
with all the information I get from the medical department because then I have, don't have to choose between all of them. I have only a few, so we will. That's not in, in it, this short periods between the games. Um, I didn't get all the information yet or not the final information. So um, when, when I leave here, I will go to the medical department and collect some more. Um, and then we will see that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's not wouldn't, it's a difficult, but it's challenging. So that's it. Bobby's in full. So Bobby had now trained before the last game. He trained then two days, but we don't train a lot, so he always has to do more. That's what he's still doing. So decision for tomorrow. He gets closer and closer and closer, and hopefully he can be involved. Meanwhile, upcoming opponents, Aston Villa will be without players Jacob Ramsey, Leon Bailey, and Courtney House for Tuesday's match, all due to injuries. Last season, Villa stunned Liverpool with a 7-2 win in this fixture. However, coach Steven Gerrard has labeled this year's Liverpool team the most satisfying to watch in the club's history. And he says the thought of potentially thwarting Liverpool's chance at the title hasn't crossed his mind. Aston Villa are currently 11th in the league, and Gerard says his goal for the remainder of the season is to finish in the top 10. If Villa defeats Liverpool on Tuesday, it will be the first time they have beaten the Reds in consecutive home league games since February 1998. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. And that wraps up the May 10th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sunny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.